mindset, performance, science, transforming communication, perspective, and boundaries. Welcome to the Redefining Success Show with Aaron Jewell. And now, here's your host, Aaron Jewell. Welcome to the show. Thank you so much for listening in today. I am in particular excited about our show today. My name is Erin Jewell. And one of the reasons I'm excited about today's show is because this is my first ever solo cast. So for all of you who have been listening to podcasts and you know you are not a novice like me, then you know what a solo cast is. It's when the actual podcaster, the actual host of the show does a podcast, does a show where it's just them talking about a particular topic or area of expertise. And when it was brought to my attention that this is something that podcasters do and this is something that show hosts do, I realized, well, I better get on it and I better start talking about topics that I don't know that I'm going to go as far as to say I consider myself an expert in any of the areas that I will discuss. However, what I will say is anything that I talk about during my upcoming solo casts, which again, I'm so excited about, are certainly things that I have had experience with. And so with that, one of my intentions for our time together today, and those of you who are joining us know what we're about to talk about, and that is this topic of ghosting, which perhaps for many of you is not a new topic, and for some of you it is. And my intention with us talking about this today is to, number one, normalize it, Number two, find a way to have maybe a little bit of a sense of humor about it. And number three, acknowledge how really hurtful and even painful it can be for certain personalities. Okay, so full disclosure, I am going to be talking with you about a few different types of ghosting that I have defined as such. And one of the reasons I'm able to talk with you in a way that I think is a little bit more lighthearted and intentional is because I've had to go through a personal healing process with ghosting myself to be able to get to a point where I can kind of share some of the knowledge that I have gained along the way. So with that, we'll go ahead and dive in. So we're going to talk about three different types of ghosting. We're going to talk about contract ghosting. We're going to talk about what is called expectational ghosting. And we're going to talk about what I have named semi-ghosting. So really fancy medical terminology we're really dealing with here. I know. So contract ghosting. And and before we get into this, what I'd like to do is is actually give a brief definition of ghosting. And this actually did come from somewhere else. There are a lot of different sites, even Wikipedia, Huffington Post, the uh, Psychology Today. Uh, There are many individuals and there are many articles about ghosting. And in some respects, it's a very real thing that has a real root. So, However, there's one definition that came out of psychology today. It says, ghosting is a colloquial term used to describe the practice of ceasing all communication and contact with someone. At At its core is avoidance, often stemming from fear of conflict. An article in Huffington Post continues to say that at its heart, ghosting is about wanting to avoid confrontation, difficult conversations, or to avoid hurting someone's feelings. 
And we're going to talk a little bit more about that in a little bit here. So there's a, there's a number of things to cover. So diving right in, the three types of ghosting, contract ghosting, expectational ghosting, and semi-ghosting. Starting with contract ghosting. What in fact is happening in contract ghosting? Well, there's some type of agreement in place, okay? So let's go back to the days of when I first learned about what ghosting really was, which is not all that long ago. And yet it's a lifetime ago because it happened before I was married and I was still single. I was dating online. I was on a few different online sites. And the first time I actually started to participate in online dating was back in 2012. It's kind of a funny story. I was traveling a ton internationally and this relationship had just ended. I I just ended. There was a relationship I was in that ended. And my girlfriends at the time said to me, they said, you need to try this online dating thing. You're literally out of the country all the time. How do you ever expect to meet someone? And so I said, fine. And I did. And I will say that I met some really wonderful men on the sites that I that I was on. I went some on some great dates. I remember one time I had two nights in between international trips and I went on two different dates. And each night, the man taking me out to dinner decided on the same restaurant. So the host and I had a little quiet chuckle as I went into the <laughs> the restaurant in Miami two nights in a row. However, that's not the point of today's solo cast. So back in 2012, I am sure that there were men that were not responding at some at some level, maybe after a few conversations, maybe even after a few dates. I don't quite remember. However, <laughs> I do remember the process being challenging. And I did meet someone pretty quickly online and we did date for a period of time. So I can't say that I really fully immersed in the process. However, in other areas of my life, ghosting was already happening and I didn't have a word for it. So when somebody wasn't responding to me, either in the workplace or personally or in some other manner professionally, I simply became frustrated. And what I would do is, interestingly enough, sometimes that frustration became shame because what would happen is when somebody wasn't getting back to me, there were times where I associated that with who I was. It it became something very personal to me where it was almost, I'll give you an example. I can recall sending what I consider to be a pretty vulnerable email as far as I had some questions and I had some concerns about how somebody that I was interacting with on a pretty frequent basis, how this person was responding to some of my requests. And I sent them an email and I expressed my desire to understand their expectations, to understand where they were coming from so that I could manage mine. And this person, you know, we had an agreement. This person was assigned to play a role of guide and teacher in my life. And this person simply didn't respond to this email. And what's so interesting about this story is there are a few things that happened for me. Number one, and I'll get back to the dating in a minute. Number one, I felt instantly a vulnerability hangover. And if you don't know what a vulnerability hangover is, Brene Brown talks about this a lot and I get them all the time. I probably get vulnerability hangovers 
like every day as a business owner. So it's basically when you put yourself out there and you put yourself out there, you take yourself out of your comfort zone and the whole world doesn't respond right away. And you're kind of like, uh, what did I just do? So I sent this email, it was raw and it was vulnerable. And it was also, it was also curious and it was also considerate. And I did not receive a reply, at least from my perspective. Right. And so I instantly took that to say, and it was to a man. So here's what happened in my head. In my head, I said, oh no, I expressed emotion too much. And this man is dismissing me. He's being dismissive. And in fact, he's punishing me. I'm being punished by this man who is not responding to my email because I was too emotional. I shared too much. I quote unquote talked too much in the email. And this man is responding to that by putting me to shame, by punishing me and not acknowledging my question or request at all. That's literally, and this is one example. Okay. So I've actually gone to shame in other situations too. So back to the dating, right? So go on a few dates with a guy, things are looking really good, going really well. And all of a sudden you send that message and there's no reply. You had an agreement. There was a nonverbal or even verbal agreement. Perhaps, you know, we've been on a few dates, things are going really well. I'm excited to see you again. And then crickets, right? This is this is another example of what I would say is called more of like a, a contract ghosting. And contract ghosting and expectational ghosting are pretty similar and they have some overlap. So fast forward, because we started back in 2012, before this word ghosting existed, fast forward to 2017. So only a few years ago, however, I'm still single, I'm still dating, I'm I'm in and out of the online dating scene and I'm online dating again and I'm going on dates and I'm also experiencing ghosting. I'm having certain individuals not respond after different conversations, maybe a few dates, maybe a few, you know, uh, text exchanges and I'm not hearing back. And I start seeing these articles and I start seeing Facebook comments and I start seeing social media comments about this term called ghosting. So I become aware that this is like a thing in the dating world and I find it to be hurtful and I find it to be confusing. And so let's insert personality now. My personality is made up of many, 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 many archetypes. I am a woman. I am unpredictable in beautiful and powerful ways. I can be very mellow and easygoing. I can be very passionate and forward moving. I can be very introspective and intellectual. I can be introverted. I can be extroverted. I mean, there's really just, it's one of the things that makes a woman so beautiful and so powerful are the many aspects, right? And so in this space and throughout this time, this is happening. And I have a tendency toward facing conflict. I am probably what you would describe. There's a Thomas Kilman assessment that I have had some exposure to at this point. And it talks about we're either competing or we're collaborating and we're either conflict avoiding or we're conflict facing, right? I have a tendency toward facing conflict. I have a tendency toward wanting to be that person that 
drops the grudge, handles, deals with, faces a situation that is difficult for myself and others and moving on. That's my personality. So my theme on this planet and in this on this life journey is to recognize that that is not how everyone else is, right? And to appreciate that and to understand that. However, what happens when something like ghosting occurs where there's conversation and there's flow and there's some type of contractual agreement in place, there's a constant communication and that stops. It's very challenging for someone like me to not go into that place of shame and really that powerlessness that can be liberating and also very confusing and very painful, right? So all of that's happening in 2017. And then eventually I was able to move through it and eventually I met the man of my dreams and we became not too soon after we're one of the COVID weddings. And so that kind of wraps up the chapter on contract ghosting as it relates to dating primarily. Now let's talk about contract ghosting or let's transition into expectational ghosting and how it affects individuals in the workplace. So my biggest and brightest example that I can give of this relates to the interview process. So I'm a business owner, I'm an entrepreneur, and during the past five, six years, and this probably makes sense to those of you listening in to some extent, I have been offered traditional workforce opportunities. Okay. So those of you who know my story know that during the past 15 years or so, I worked between, you know, 2002 to 2000. 16-ish, I worked in the healthcare industry. So I worked in big pharma, big med tech, loved it. It was great. Learned a ton. Haven't looked back. However, I have received some opportunities along the way to interview for certain roles in on the pharmaceutical side, on the executive recruiting side. And I was interviewed by two separate companies in the period of one year since leaving and going off on my own. And I went through the interview processes to be open to the possibilities. And one is a very, very large pharmaceutical company. And the other is a highly reputable, well-known, well-respected executive recruiting firm. That's where we're going to leave that. In both cases, I arrived at the final interview. I'm being told that the jobs are mine if I want them. And in both cases, I'm, I'm trying to really explore this and be open to the possibilities. And in both cases, my references are requested. And in one case, I received an automated email like weeks after the references were requested saying that somebody else had, had taken that role. And I reached out to HR and the response I got was, they ended up filling internally, but I don't even think I found that out through HR. I can't even tell you what the response was. It was very generic. And it was very high level and it was very much, well, we don't really know. And, you know, try again next time. And I actually reached out to the individuals that I interviewed with and it was crickets, nothing, nothing for many of them, which as you can imagine, was really frustrating for me at the time, especially because I didn't realize this is ghosting, you know, and because of my experience with dealing with it in the dating world, and it had been a couple of years well, maybe not too, too long. I was now experiencing this in the workplace. And the other company, I did get a call. I got a call. I did receive a call from one of the individuals. 
However, it was a very sort of vague conversation. It was, it was, it, she sort of tried to make it about me and, and saying that I wouldn't enjoy the role or whatever it was. And bigger picture. So let me just say this bigger picture. All of these situations, the way that they played out were absolutely in my best interest. And I'm so grateful that those opportunities did not come through because of where I am today doing what I absolutely love. That being said, okay, there's a level of professionalism and diplomacy and just straight up respect for humanity and for a human who has gone out and purchased a thousand dollar suit and, you know, has printed the resume copies out and has carved out time in their day where 100% of income that comes into them is based on work that they do. So time is really money to not be given the courtesy of a response. And it wasn't like I didn't email everybody and then, and then they didn't get back. They didn't send me an email. It was, I emailed everybody. I emailed everybody a few times. So this is what I would call more of an expectational type of a ghosting because in either case, there really wasn't any type of contract in place at that point. However, there was an understanding. There was a mutual agreement. The other place where we can see expectational ghosting is really with when we have kind of that lip service. So (laughs) this is where as a business owner, I might be a master in this area. And I learned this a long time ago. I learned this when I was a medical device sales rep. It was actually from a Boston scientific rep who said this to me, nothing is a done deal until it's signed off on. And I kind of, I've carried that with me for the last 15, 16 years. And I believe it, you know, because things happen, life happens. However, this expectational ghosting happens when you come to a verbal agreement with someone or you have a role that you play with somebody. There's this, and I've had this happen with prospects and I've had this happen with clients and I've had this happen with potential partnerships with universities and organizations where there's a flow in communication that gets stopped. It just stops. There's good communication. There's productivity. There's things are happening. There's my work is being solicited. There's my services are being requested. And then it's just blank. So that's another type of expectational ghosting where, you know, all of a sudden I'm sending that follow-up email to the conversation we had where the agreement was made. And then it's like nothing. The other place where I see expectational ghosting, actually, I, I would say is from family and friends. So one of the things I learned early on as an entrepreneur and as a business owner, and this just applies to me. So does this entire, this entire solo class. We can't necessarily expect friends and family to sort of follow us on our journey. So we're going to go to places on our journey that we may not carry others with us or others may not choose to walk with us to that place. My personal career shifted quite a bit. I was in medical device sales and sales leadership, and now I'm an executive mindset and growth coach where my focus is mindfulness, mind-body movement, presence-based coaching, things that I was, maybe some of it was happening before, but it certainly wasn't my brand. And so along the way, that expectational ghosting where you have individuals, oh yes, I support you, I support you, And then they just kind of go to crickets as well when you start reaching out and and actually asking for help. 
So when I'm calling something ghosting, it's because there's that pain point that exists where you feel like somebody is doing something and they're doing it with the intention of, I don't want to say being hurtful, but maybe it's more about looking out for their own interests than really supporting the interests of the entire relationship. Now, disclosure, if something is toxic and people struggle with this, people pleasers struggle with this. I have been a people pleaser. I'm very familiar with what people pleasing looks like. I have to catch myself. People pleasing can be very dangerous in situations like this. This is not an opportunity. What I'm not saying today is that you have to respond to every email and you have to get back and this, that, and the other thing. No, 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 not at all. We're going to get to the solution here in a moment. However, what I am saying and what I'm giving you examples of are situations where there was a healthy exchange occurring and then that healthy exchange stopped. So the third example I'm going to give is called... This one's called semi-ghosting. Now, I find this one to be the most sort of confusing for me and also the most fascinating. Semi-ghosting occurs with people you know and interact with, maybe throughout your lifetime, who seldom reply. They just seldom reply to your inquiries of their state of being, to maybe things that you share and send along the way, maybe requests that you have that seem reasonable and helpful to them as well as you, the semi-ghosting. So there are these people that are in our lives that are sort of selective somehow about what they will choose to engage you in and not. How And, and one might say, well, that's boundaries, and it could be. However, the examples that I have are not necessarily about setting boundaries and instead, well, they could be about boundaries. So I don't want to misspeak there. It could be about boundaries for the other individual. However, boundary issues include conflict avoidance and missing conversations lead to more conflict. So if somebody If there's a healthy exchange and then the individual stops responding, there could actually be the potential for that to become an even larger conflict. And if there was no conflict to begin with and a request is being made and there's no follow-up and there's no reply, then what starts to happen is a missing conversation later turns into conflict, which can at a certain point become almost unresolvable. I equate it to vascular disease. So The very beginning stages, and this is because this is my background and I just find it easy to see this way. So if it helps, great. If not, great. Vascular disease starts with sticky blood and then sticky blood turns into stenotic vessels. And then all of a sudden you have atherosclerosis and that all of a sudden turns into over time, not all of a sudden, none of it's all of a sudden, chronically turns into vascular disease. So When you have these like semi ghosters, you have these people that, you know, it could very much be about what they're experiencing in their world. Maybe they feel like they just can't hold space so they don't have the bandwidth. On the other party's side, on the other person's side, it can also feel really hurtful. And it can feel as if, you know, there's not that desire to nourish and feed a particular relationship. 
And this is where we start entering into solution mode at this point in, in our time together today. So what can we do about all of this? And when I say, what can we do? I am talking about the ghosty. And I'm also talking about the ghoster because check it out, guys. We are all both. One of the biggest things that has come out of this process of, of understanding for me and exploring for me is that I've obviously and certainly been the ghoster as well as the ghosty. Now, with that, there are going to be individuals out there that think that I have ghosted them, which I will be very honest with you, I think has really only happened in my personal life. And there's a good chance that ceasing communication was in order to do the least amount of harm in that particular interaction. And that is a conversation for another day. However, for the most part, we have been ghosters and we have been ghosties. So what can we do about it? Well, let's start with you find yourself in a situation where somebody's not getting back to you. It's either the response for a job interview or somebody that you've been dating or perhaps a friend or a family member that's offered some kind of support and then they haven't been in touch and they're not replying to your requests. The first thing I would suggest and that I find to be very helpful and most therapeutic is to write about it. If you're not a big writer, I totally get it. Feel free to pick up the phone and call somebody who's going to allow you to share without giving you a lot of feedback, somebody that can hear you. However, if you can, writing about it can be extremely, extremely therapeutic. So number one, write about it. Number two, don't be a ghoster. What does that mean? There's a lot of excuses out there for why we don't get back to people, why we don't respond, why we don't do this, why we don't do that. The only acceptable response, as far as I'm concerned, is number one, if it's toxic. And we're talking toxic and really understanding what toxic means, where it becomes very harmful for both of you, both of you to continue to interact. Now, obviously, if you're having to set boundaries in some form or fashion, because you have a fear of conflict, totally understandable. Is it possible for you to communicate that to the other human and say, you know, I have a lot of anxiety around facing difficult conversations. I find this for me, maybe not for you, but for me, this is a difficult conversation. You have this request. I'm having a really hard time setting boundaries in my life right now. And I have so much anxiety about this request. And I'm just I'm setting a boundary by, by not engaging in this conversation with you right now. And I really hope you'll appreciate and respect that as a fellow human, right? Some form of communication, letting the person know, you know what, I'm having trouble setting boundaries in my life right now. So I've got to work through some of this on my own and, and then we can talk or, you know, but just giving some type or in the form of, of a work email, um, not being too busy to respond to that interviewee who made time for you, not putting yourself on some kind of a pedestal where you're above and beyond. Listen, anybody who says they're too busy, it's not true. And you want to want to take that up directly with me. I will be happy to have that conversation with you coming from a place of love. I promise you, we are never too busy for other humans. If we are feeling like we're too busy for other humans, in particular humans who have given us time, and made an effort and a request to, to reach out to us, then that is a problem of time management. And that is all on us. 
1000%. Let me tell you, this is coming from someone who used to be way too busy. Okay. We can be active. We find ourselves being too busy for people who are extending, who have, especially people who have had an exchange with us. Then it's not about them, it's about us. Uh, don't be afraid to speak up. So you hear this a lot. Play life like you're like you're playing the big game, right? Let practice as if you're practice as if you are in the game, right? So if you are always, always, always keeping your thoughts to yourself, if somebody is ghosting you, and you know, especially if it's something that you have a forum to say something about it, say something about it, bring it up. Ghosting is very much borderline like bullying as far as I'm concerned. I think it's it's a, it's it's almost like a form of bullying but on the other side. Because there is an attempt to be hurtful in there that may not be so conscious but nonetheless it can really be present. The last thing I'm going to say is we really do get to laugh about some of this because you know what? We all make mistakes, okay? Humans will be humans and none of us is exempt from being a human. None of us here on this planet is exempt from being a human. None of us have this thing figured out. So on occasion and and every time, have some fun with this too. Don't be afraid to laugh about it. Don't be afraid to laugh it off a little bit like, oh, didn't hear a thing, crickets, you know, send a little text message, cricket emojis. Don't be afraid to laugh about it at the end of the day. None of this is, is so, so, so serious. You know, we're here. If you're listening to this podcast, there's a good chance that you're somewhere warm right now. You have water, you have food, you have a place to sleep, you know, and if you have that going on, life's pretty good. So rather than focusing all of your energy on the ghosters in your life, focus your energy on the non-ghosters in your life. Make that choice today. Make that choice to show up and be present for the people in your life who are honoring you, who are respecting you, who are just loving up on you. See those people just for today. See those people and give that back to them tenfold, twentyfold. Because now that you've freed up all that energy, you have even more to give to them. Thank you so much for being here with me today. Looking forward to the next one. Take care. Thanks for tuning in. For more information, visit AaronJewelConsulting.com.